Hello and welcome to Behind the Chair, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of relationship between hairdresser and client, long-form conversations about nothing. Every episode you will meet a loyal client and listen to our private conversation. Everything from music, cars, technology, beauty, health, wellness and relationships. So join us as we lift the lid and let you inside. Experience the magical bond as I stand behind the chair. Today on Behind the Chair, we are joined by Joy. Hello, Joy. Hello, Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Joy. Yeah. And Joy has just returned from the big red bash. Yes. So that's a story. Tell me. Okay. So, <laughs> well, I guess really the bash was back in July. So, uh, it's been a while. Three months. Yeah, but we've only just got back to Perth. That's what's that's what happens when you decide to travel to Birdsville, which is a very isolated place. So you go, Well, we've got to get there. Yeah. And while we're there, well we might as well have a look around and do a little little sightseeing on so the So Birdsville is where it is. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so we we left Perth on the 25th of May and we went across the Nullarbor as you do with our caravan and then for how many times have you done that the the Nullarbor god yes well uh, I think that's probably about our fourth time across the Nullarbor yeah 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 um, and the Nullarbor was beautiful because it's had lots of rain and it really was full of lovely vegetation and it was, was great. And we got into South Australia and we were going to do a lot of walking in Wilpena Pound, which is part of the ranges in South Australia. However, it rained, didn't it? So in South Australia, when it rains, all the roads that aren't sealed get closed. Really? So, yeah. So all the gorges were closed that we wanted to go to. Shame. So that's not a problem. We just kept driving north and to get to Birdsville you've, you've got varying directions you can come from. That's me. Oh. <laughs> and most of them aren't sealed which is why Birdsville is considered a very remote place to get to. So we were lucky enough in that we kept to the, we had to keep to the sealed roads. So you just made it longer basically? Well, we had the luxury of time so Mm. we could stay on the sealed roads and luckily it had stopped raining where we were because we were were at the top of the last sealed road at Marie and we had to then what state is this we're we're in south australia south australia still yes still south australia and from Marie, you do the birdsville track which is about 560 kilometers of dirt so (laughs) we we did that in two days we stopped at mungarini just for one night and we got to birdsville very happily 
unfortunately, we because we'd been advised to head up there quickly before it rained, we got to Birdsville two weeks early. Really? Yeah. So there's not that much to do in Birdsville. <laughs> so so we had to. Really... You got two weeks early. Yes. So so we had to sort of really pace ourselves and not do the whole of Birdsville in one day. We, we, we tried to do one activity a day, but uh, that was fine. We actually got to grow with, I guess, the start of the bash in that we were there before a lot of the, the bashers and a lot, even a lot of the volunteers. But that was fine because we were in the caravan park and it was good. How fun. far is the caravan park from the actual concert? Okay, so the... The caravan park in Birdsville is about 20 kilometres from the actual site of the bash because the bash is held at the base of the what they call the Big Red, which is the big sand dune just at the beginning of the Simpson Desert. I thought the Big Red Bash was in Queensland. It is. Oh. Yes, yeah, so sorry. So we basically, when you do the Birdsville track, you go from South Australia just into Queensland. Oh. Yeah, so, so yeah, so now we're in Queensland in Birdsville for two weeks. And it was all about the weather because it rained and there was all these poor people who, <laughs> unlike us, didn't have the luxury of getting to Birdsville early. Two weeks early. Yeah. Have you seen the news at all about Burning Man in America? Yes, I have. You did the Burning Man freaking... <laughs> um, what town in WA would Birdsville sort of be like? Maybe Marble Bar? So maybe? it's like very remote. Yeah, actually probably... Maybe some little spot down the Tanami track or something like that. It's something really, really remote. So it has how many shops? Just like a little IGA country one? Um, it's got... Well, no, it hasn't got an IGA. You've got in the soup... You've got within the service station, you've got some provisions and that's it. Oh, my God. There is no Because it store. seems like, from what I've sort of seen, it seems like... You would need to be the type of traveller like, you know, you guys have got the Barbie camper van basically. But it's like you wouldn't just go in your tinny old car with very little resources, otherwise you'd be screwed. Because from what it looks like where I've seen, you need somewhere you can go to the toilet and take your toilet home basically. <laughs> they can't even go to the toilet there. We're not at Birdsville. If you're in the caravan park, you're fine. But um, at the bash. Uh, okay, at the bash, so... So the bash people were amazing. They knew the weather was coming and the people that had made it to Birdsville, we were asked to come in early. So we, we got into the bash three days early. It rained. They said to us, please don't walk around. So we, we stayed in our caravan basically. Oh my God. Because it, it's just, Turns to mud. Yeah. Absolute mud. Don't I, go around with your clove hoppers. They probably didn't want it to turn into you, yeah. like our Burning Man, like that. That's right. So, so uh, I've got photos of my boots that just, because when you walk, you actually collect the mud. So I ended up being about six inches off the ground when I did have to walk. Oh my God. It just sticks. 
But there's toilets there. Yeah. They're compostable toilets. They have these big rubbish bins that they put under and then it fills up. And then after the bash, they actually compost it all and spray it out over the area. So, yeah. Wow. Mm. But it's no showers, certainly, but there's definitely toilets. So there. how did you shower? Well, we've got a shower in the van, but I only had one shower in the five days that we were there to be honest because yeah, yeah. we use baby wipes and yeah. you know all of that figuring sort of, it out yeah, because you have to have your own water with you so you don't want to be using all your water especially when you've rolled in there three days early uh-huh that's right so we were kind of in there for six days how so. much water did you have on deck when you first got there oh we had about um 300 litres Water. Holy shit, so where'd you put all the water? In the back of the car and in the caravan. Wow. Yeah, so you were, that's what I'm saying, like you're smart obviously, you know what you're doing. But imagine like a first time big basher that was, you know, maybe off their face on whatever and they'd have limited resources. It could become a real nightmare, I feel like. Well, there was, <laughs> yeah. there was 600 people who actually didn't make it to the bash. Because, You're joking. Because when it rained, the people that didn't have the time that we had, they actually had to take either a long route round and stay on the bitumen for a lot longer, like people, friends of ours who were coming from WA. They had to do an extra 1,400 kilometres to Did actually... Did go? No. no. No, no, no. She met us in Panawanica she for the rodeo. Home. They looked like they were having a blast, didn't they? In their pictures. Oh, my gosh. I was looking at that like, what an experience she will remember, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, basically, you can go to the Big Bash, but you would want to just be an organised person. I like to have a friend like you with stuff like that because, obviously, I like to just rock up with you know like a unicorn and like a jet ski but no spare water or like (laughs) any of the things for survival well yeah i mean and you could still survive but you'd probably have it'd be uncomfortable because there was vendors there so there was food and you could probably buy water there and what was the food that you know they have all the usual stuff like um just yeah they're all vans heaps of vans vans that we'd never really seen here in WA there was just you know, there was every van available there was there was dumplings and oh wow so you could literally go if you just you had could, heaps of cash you could yeah. just go and buy food there. yeah you could buy food there you wouldn't have to, yeah you wouldn't have to take food with you you could buy it all there if you wanted to and there was caravans there was camper trailers there was tents yeah, but those people in tents. Oh, I know. Because I went to that Blazing Swan, which I would never recommend someone to go, like I told you. But yeah, people were in there in tents under, like, literally just tents floating away in the lake that, you know, the ground that turned into an ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so there yeah. are people in tents. Was there anyone really sort of dodgy there? Um, We didn't see really any everyone was really well behaved there there was really no dodginess i guess the dodginess is the people coming to the bash uh some of them were real yahoos like they were overtaking and trying to get in front of people driving dangerously and the volunteers were they getting them in like a headlock and being like no mate well no the volunteers 
Yeah, the volunteers were good. The, the whole thing is really well managed. Oh, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, the only problem, of course, is the weather. Yeah. So it's the weather that makes things hard. But the, the and the acts were really good. Who was the main ones that you liked? Oh, well, it was Ice House and uh, John Williamson. Because this, this event started 10 years ago wow. with John Williamson. And he went up to the bash with about, I think, maybe 600 people. Yeah. And they just sort of had a bit of a concert out there. Do you know what his main song is? Oh. Um, Are you going to sing? <laughs> no, I'm not going to sing. <laughs> I'll use that as the intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, just Google him when you oh, find it. Oh, oh. uh, embarrassing story about John Williamson. So after we'd been to the bash, <laughs> right, we've all left and eventually we've all disseminated through the rest of Australia because you can imagine this. How many people well, there did you know? Well, there was 12,000 people. No way. In this little tiny place. Oh, my you God. Know, that, that, that's what I mean. It's that's really huge. The it, scale of that, so yeah. it's half of the Optus Stadium capacity yes it's incredible yeah and so everyone wow. hit, hits birdsville and when people arrive they can stay on what's called the common but unfortunately because of the rain if you stayed on the common you could get bogged mm. so that's why they tried to move people out as quickly as possible to the actual event which is the 20 kilometers out Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's just, yeah it's just, it was about managing. They're like, get people. them out because yeah. the tyre tracks would also become a massive hazard if you didn't yeah. drive out at the right time. Exactly, yes. So, anyway, we had made our way to a place called Ilfracombe in Queensland, which yeah. is sort of east of Longreach. And we were parked up behind this gorgeous little hotel because you can do that in a lot of places in South Australia and Queensland not so much in WA and we were camped behind this hotel and we were like we were, they say you can camp yeah there, yeah 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 what and a it, great idea it is it's lovely and um, <laughs> I went to have a shower because they had showers that we could use out the back and as I'm in the shower, I, I can hear these two fellows talking very clearly. So it, it felt... You know, While you're in the shower? Oh, I'm in the so shower. So they're in the shower with you. Yeah, so it felt like we were having... I felt <laughs> like we almost knew each other by the, yeah. by the time I came out of the shower. So when I popped out of <laughs> the ladies' shower... In your towel? No, no. I was fully dressed with wet hair and my towel around my hair, <laughs> as you do. And one of the fellows says, good shower? I said, yeah, yeah, no, you know, you feel a bit embarrassed because you've been sprung and they know that you And you're you blowing your nose shower. like, a boom. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, did, we did obviously feel that we'd had an intimate uh, <laughs> a meeting. So I'm talking to this fellow and he's asking me all sorts of questions about what I was doing and, and then I said we'd been at the bash and he was asking a about the bash and um, the next day Brad's putting on our Facebook chat with the kids oh and John Williamson was at our hotel last night no and I, I had a thought 
and, and I looked up a picture of John Williamson. So the two blokes that were sitting, having their chat and glass of wine, one of them was John Williamson. Yeah. And he wasn't saying anything. It was his friend. Yeah. And he'd asked me who the standouts were. And did you say, well, John Williamson was shit? I, d- I didn't even mention John Williamson. <laughs> Just, ah. I just said, you know, Kate Soprano is wonderful and la, 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 la. I don't know who else was even playing, to be honest. <laughs> well, I did not mention, at least I didn't say anything negative about the mm. poor man. But he's very quiet, you see, and he wasn't doing any of the talking. It's because he's probably had two weeks of everyone all up in his grill just trying to, you know, yes. extract energy out of him. He probably was delighted that some lady couldn't give a... <laughs> Well, this is it. Maybe uh, maybe they thought I knew that it was John Williamson. I don't oh, think so. They uh, would have said... I reckon they had the biggest laugh afterwards. <laughs> and then when I realised, I thought, oh, my God, what an idiot I am. Standing there having a chat about I'm the glad bash. that you said that, yeah, Joy, because yeah. honestly, the idea of you being like, John, you were great. <laughs> I think he would have been like, oh, my God, I literally are trying to escape all of that. Mm. It would have been nice for him to hear you rattling off about the other artists. Well, the thing is, I would have turned the conversation around and projected it at him and said, I would have asked him how he felt Mm. about the management of the event. And And they don't want to. And then I thought, no. So anyway, yeah, I guess I let him off the hook. I think, like, you know, they are, someone especially like him, he is still just a person. Well, he is. So like us all, like sometimes, you know, you get your hair done, someone comes over and talks at you for three hours and then you just want to go lay down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, he probably feels like that too, gets off stage. Oh, absolutely. Because when he was in the front bar, evidently a couple of my other friends had tweaked and they had a chat with him. But you see, at the time, I wasn't there and I must have been in the shower and by the time I came out, they ensconced themselves <laughs> having a, a, a quiet wine away from everybody else. Exactly. And then yeah. you roll out of the shower. Yeah. That's so, so good. Oh, it was very funny. That's like classic joy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Well, eh? I remember, so, so friends of ours went to the bash last year. And one of the performers, I can't remember even who he was, but he was quite, quite well known. And my, one of my friends who was a volunteer was trying to get him to do something because he was in the way when she was trying to organise some food. And he said to her, don't you know who I am? And she said, no. Nah. And she said, no. Nah. I don't and he, care either. And, and he said... And he said his name and she said, well, I don't care. Get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who was it? Don't know. I can't remember. You know, exactly. It wasn't anyone. And that's the thing I've noticed. The people that I meet that are very famous are always lovely. But it's the ones that never quite the blow up. Yeah. Well, they're not wannabes. Like, they're established and they've been around forever. But they're like... They're not the people that, you know, are recognisable by a name. And there's a reason, because they're not nice. Like, people always say, oh, I met this person in real life and they were so lovely. But that's kind of how they do well in show business, is they're just a nice dude. Yeah, they're nice to that's everyone. Exactly. And, like, and they have humility. Yeah, yeah, just regular people. But if yeah. you have any type of ego or any of that, like, oh, I'm just... 
people don't want to be around that. They don't want you to pay at their hotel or whatever it might be. So it's like, it's a really ugly sort of, yeah. But we all know people that are like that. Yeah. Even like on TV, you can always tell, even if it's say like a news reader, you can tell if they'd be so like, like Rick Arden. He's the nicest guy in the world. And you can tell even just watching him on the news. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can sort of read people, I feel God, like. hasn't he been reading the news for such a long time? Yeah, he's an old dog. I love yeah. him. They're all getting up there, those old dogs. You see him on TV, you're just like, wow, that makes me feel yeah. old. Yeah. You look like... Like Larry Ander? Uh-huh. When I see him on TV, I think about Larry when I was a kid. And I'm like, Dad, <laughs> you're like a granddad now. That's good. Yeah, and, and Tomo... To read some news, he's been around. For he a long was the time. one that did my news story. Oh, really? Yeah, I sent it to you. Oh. So basically, you're saying the big red bash was good. And how much was the ticket? Oh, the tickets are six hundred and seventy-five, I think, per person. Or you can volunteer. Yeah. Uh, the volunteers have to do, I think, about three sessions, and I. Uh, for our first time, we've just decided it. We'd just buy the tickets. Exactly. Yeah. And if you d if you didn't get there for whatever reason and you'd volunteered, you have to still pay for the ticket. Yeah, then have to pay it for a <laughs> ticket. Yeah, yeah, I believe. Crikey. Yeah, crikey. Um, I think yeah. If you're going with Brad, then good that you didn't really need to volunteer. I think if you're going by yourself, it'd be great to volunteer just to meet people. Yes, I guess that's. Uh, one side of it if you go with if you go well and in fact there was people that were in Brit Birdsville who didn't know about the bash and they actually did volunteer because they thought oh well we're here yeah uh, we might as well get involved well it just is a nice gentle reminder of where you are you live in Australia and we're in the outback and you know our conditions can change so quick that you need to be onto it yeah. So it's good that now we have all the tech to give you big alerts like, hey, this road is whatever. Yeah, there was no... Oh, so what also happened was people that started the Birdsville track and they really shouldn't have because they'd been told that it was going to rain and not to start. So there was a lot of people who got stuck halfway up at, at Mundarini Hotel and they had to stay there the entire time the bash was on. They didn't actually get to the bash because the roads were closed. Can you imagine how gutted you would feel? Yeah, but they shouldn't have they shouldn't have even gone there. You they know should, the they, exact people they're gonna shiver up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can do it. We Shimmy can do it. And yeah, it's yeah. all faithful bang on the you yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, underwater. Yeah, because what they do is they mess up the roads as well. Yeah. Because And they risk their own lives and the lives of others. Because um well I met this lady at Mungarini Hotel and we in fact became very good friends. And her brother was one of the guys doing the grading of the Birdsville track and he'd done a great job the Birdsville track when we did it was fabulous they yeah. are you saying the grading as in when they make it like the da -da 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 -da, is that what he does he grades the road so he makes it smooth oh what oh no i'm talking about corrugation yeah yeah so yeah because what happens with these roads is they do get corrugated with 
with use. So he grades the road and it was wonderful, but he was not very happy with, of course, what These cowboys that were just yeah. coming out. Yeah, yeah. cowboys. And... Because if it rains and he spent all that time yep. grading it, then yep. they just thrash their cars through it and it just sinks two giant tracks yep. down there. Yeah. Um, I wonder if anyone got injured or if there's any dramas. Um, I don't think there was any dramas to people. There was the odd caravan, I think, that lost its wheel. and Yeah, but then... You've got to ask yourself, were the people actually driving to the conditions of the road? No. And, and they wouldn't have been, no. So the rules get sent out to you by what, like an email? Did they say, yeah. oh, like yeah. these roads are trash? And then people open the email, read it, and then go, no, nah, I should be right, and then they drive anyway. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm. But that's human nature, isn't it? So you pay $700 for a ticket. Yep. So if you came from Perth, yep. total it would probably cost you about five grand, hey? Probably, yes. Like if you factor in the cost of your fuel, yep. Yep. food. Yep. So that's good to know. So some people, it'd just be like, a, you know, a trip to Bali type of thing, but you could do the big red bash. Yeah. And then of all the people you spoke to, how many of them had been there like, you know, 10 or so years. Yeah, there's, you? There's, there's some people that just go every year. It's like, yeah, 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 we'll be there. And they, and there's a, because there's a Facebook group, of course, for varying things. It becomes a tribe for a lot of people, same as Blazing Swan. It's like their identity. Mm. And they're like, that's, they assign themselves to it and they sort of have catch-ups throughout the year. Like that becomes their religion almost. The merchandise tent at the bash had the longest queues I've ever seen anywhere. Did you get any? Uh, I, luckily for me, my one of our friends was working in the merchandise tent, <laughs> and, and all I got was one bandana. Just, Did you, know. you wear it on your head like Kid Rock? <laughs> I don't. I didn't actually wear it at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I got it. <laughs> Just toilet paper. Um, yeah. And so those people that go every year, did they say if the weather's ever done that before? Oh, the weather every year is different. There was one year that they couldn't even have the concert out at the Big Red. They, they actually moved the event into Birdsville. Because, no way. And so the Birdsville people must be okay with all this. Well, it's big money for the Birdsville people. The, the hotel and the bakery are owned by the same people. There's not, like, apart from the bakery and the hotel, there is a, like, a hardware come camping store. Um, It'd be good for them, but how many bakery stuff can you sell? Like, if there's 12,000 people, you'd have to close shop by 7 a.m. because you've sold out. Well, what happens is before, because we were there two weeks early, we went to the bakery and I bought this bread and it was really great bread. It had been made on site so the next after the weekend I came back on the following Monday and I said oh could I have another loaf of that bread oh sorry we're not baking bread anymore because of the bash we haven't got time to bake bread <laughs> so, so I had to buy a loaf of buttercup bread that had come from 
somewhere else. So there's a good business prospect for the next one. You take your friggin' thermomix and you'll be making bread and you come back with about 10 grand in your pocket. <laughs> because there's obviously more money in sausage rolls and things yeah. like that. Well, than just loaves anything of bread. that they can just zap and sell, zap and sell. Like yeah. you want to just be churning it out or yeah. any drinks that you don't have to actually make. Um, so when it comes to vendors, I wonder if you can just sell stuff out of your caravan or if you need no, to have the tickets no, and everything. No, 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 you're not. You wouldn't be allowed to do that. You couldn't just say lemonade with $5 on a big sign out no, the front? <laughs> no, no, just no. They need to keep everyone safe. Yeah, yeah, because all the vendors are, so you've got the main arena where everyone comes and sits and then there's the mosh pit up the front of the stage that's and, where you were oh yeah all the time <laughs> and then then around all of that you've got the vendors oh so it's, how it's, cool is that yeah so it's like us you know a, i saw the picture on your facebook uh-huh. so yeah. maybe i can make that as the picture for the podcast um oh, i might be able to give you a better one yeah send sure. me we can use a nice picture yeah because i know a lot of my friends will be so interested in like the actual logistics of it like if what type of car could you not take, I wonder? Um, well, it would depend really on the weather conditions. If, if it was perfect weather conditions, you could take a two-wheel drive, really. Like, look, my car's a, you know, BMW something or other. Well, if it was good conditions, you could take it. But, but it's a dirt road, you're saying? Yeah, it's a dirt road. So it's basically the same as if you were driving to like, um, what would it be? What type of road would you say it's like? Um, like well, Nangara Road 20 years ago, maybe. Yeah. But it was just like one, but yeah. I think it was sealed. Yeah, so it's, so out to the bash is actually sealed, but then from the main road into the bash is not sealed. So, so it's very similar to this blazing swan, I think. I think so. Where, where is the blazing swan? It's on a, a horse tr- race track. Um, you know what you're saying? It's sort of like Laverton Road. Um, but yeah, this blazing swan is two hours away in a town that's sort of like Nanup, but I can't remember what it is. So is it in WA? Yeah. And then it's all sealed on like main roads. The town is sort of like bridge town size. Yeah, and then you have to. And it's just that last little bit, but same thing. It was like biblical rain, and so everyone was, um, you know, bogged or whatever. So I was lucky I got there on the last day. So I got to park out on the field on the track where the horses probably actually run, Uh as opposed to the circle of mud in the middle. Right. But it was like, yeah, Wellington boots, like you would take your Wellington boots and you would also take your bikinis because it could be like, you know, blazing hot. Well, interestingly, by the time the event started on the Tuesday, the sun was just sort of coming out and you could walk around and we got on with it. It was like, you know, we had the all the fundraising events, the big, we all wore blue wigs and made the shape of Australia. That's and, cool! Yes. That sounds so cool! 
cool. And then the next day, and there was the sunrise yoga. Did you do that? Yep, I did. Oh my god, I love yep. that. Yeah, and and then of course there was the nut bush. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. So, do you think that I'll ever be able to perform there? Uh, well, there's a DJ. Oh my god! No, but I want to do my country music and line dancing. Um. Hey, I reckon you just get in touch with them and... Uh... I'm prospecting it as we speak. Been, <laughs> but, you know, it's funny, like, since I last saw you, two of the places I've been prospecting now for two years have said yes, and now I'm flying to Broome in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm doing one in Broome, and I've got Broome over um, the January long weekend. So, yeah, I think it's just a matter of just chipping away and then eventually... People will, you know, see, like, the Luke Combs event that I did was country music, mm-hmm. and I was chatting to heaps of people there. But stuff like that, I think, is good experience and exposure to hopefully get gigs like the Big Red Bash. Yeah, well, well, the Big Red Bash is also, you've got the other one, which is the Monday Monday. I've seen that. So last time I was here, the two other ones you told me, I follow them on Instagram now. Of course you do. <laughs> and I've, every time they put up a picture, I comment, oh, this is great. <laughs> and like, hopefully then someone will see it and then, yeah. Yeah. But because um, Brad's always wanted to go to the Tamworth Music Festival. Where's that? Where's Tamworth? It's New South Wales. New South Wales. New South Wales. Yeah. And then um, we were talking to some people and they said, oh, no, that's nowhere near as good as the Byron Bay Music Festival. Yeah, I've heard that one's amazing. Yeah, yeah, so the things you learn. But that's why it's good. You're, like, the type of person that would just be chatting to people and, like, you know, like I was saying, what were the last 10 years like? It's good to get a sort of gauge, all right, well, you've got to... 50% chance that the roads are going to be mud because half of the events so far, the weather at that time of the year is like that. Yeah. You can start to predict things. Yeah. There's, there's no, I mean, there's no surprise that it rained because it does, it just does do that sometimes. Like, I tried to go to the Birdsville races a few years ago and we didn't get there because they closed the road between Baduri, which is just north of Birdsville, so the Baduri to Birdsville road was closed because it's a dirt road. So, yeah, yeah we turned around and drove back to um, Alice. Well, no, we didn't go to Alice. We actually flew home from Darwin. I like to just go with the floor. I'm like, you can get there, it's all shut down, and you go, cool, I'll still have fun. But sometimes if you travel with the wrong person, and something changes, they lose their mind, and then it's just like, you have to listen to them being like, ooh, you know, like, it's like they can't move past it, but it's like, well, you can't change it, you know, the road was closed or whatever happened, get over it and just enjoy yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's for a lot of people going to the bash. It's actually the bash would be different because you probably book it your whole life. Uh, yeah, but but for, but even so, for a lot of people, it's the journey to and from the yeah. bash. <laughs> even if you didn't go, you could still be like that weekend was amazing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Have yeah. you ever heard of a motorbike race that's out in the red dirt as well? Yeah, the Fink. Yeah, that sounds cool. I've got friends that have done that. There was quite a few people that we came across 
before and after the bash who were involved in the thing because it's uh, it's out of Alice Springs. Yes. Mm, the Fink River. What did they say about it? Oh, I love it. They're, yeah. all, they're real petrol heads. Yes. <laughs> That's cool, eh? Yeah. I love Australia for stuff like that. It's like quintessential outback type of entertainment and that. Absolutely. But it's also just good to have like communities like that that exist, especially for men. Where they can all come together and get excited about something. Yeah. Yeah, there was women too involved in the thing. Yeah. But we get involved in everything, whereas I think men are more limited with what they'll assign to, you know, <laughs> the things that they're interested in. Yes, I'm having a giggle at the moment because there's women in the Subiaco Shenton Park area that want to get involved in the men's sheds. So they either want to want to be allowed to Just use... leave them alone. I know, it's the men's shit. Leave them alone. No, out. I don't even care if you're a man or a woman or whatever. But it's like, you've. It's, that just sounds like you've run out of things to be a Karen about. And it's like, can do you have... It sounds like somebody, maybe that their husband's spending too much time there so she wants to ruin it for him. <laughs> Well, well, that's the whole idea of the men's shed is that they can go there and just be. I can tell you something that I know as a fact, and that is the men's shed has, like, literally saved the life of people that I know directly, where, you know, my friend's husband was just so blue and, like, you know, Aussie battler old type dude that just was so fuddy-duddy and surly all the time and everyone was like genuinely worried about him and said to go to the men's shed and it changed his life and now he smiles and he's happy and he like it he really loves it mm. so i think it's bad if they're trying to ruin that for some yeah so i think they're thinking about starting up their own women's shed we already have one it's called a house <laughs> <laughs> If we didn't be suffocating our entire house, men wouldn't need a shed. They just stay home like what we do. <laughs> but, but also, women do things like there's sewing groups, knitting groups, book clubs, book clubs, mahjong. All these things are generally done by women. So we've already got enough women clubs. Do you know what is a woman's club in a lot of country towns? Is Weight Watchers. Oh, yes. Like, then none of them are even on the time. <laughs> they all just go there and then go out for coffee and cake, well, in my family anyway. Yeah. Or CWA. And they all have to jump on the scales and talk shit to each other, and none of them are even on the time. <laughs> it's literally just like the men's shed. The amount of people I know where that's like the highlight of their week is their Weight Watchers catch up. Oh, they love it. Gorgeous. It just, it's good, but it's also not a. A healthy sort of way of being, I don't think, the whole Weight Watchers thing. Well, I don't know. It's, maybe it's better than going to the, the pub. The casino? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the men's shed is the casino. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm. So, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, the, the bash was great. Oh. But uh, I don't think we'll be going next year. <laughs> You only probably need to do it once. Yeah. Like, how many times? You're not, you don't live close by. No. This is it. If you lived nearer to, it would be easier. 
Yeah. If even if you lived at the end of that big highway, the 500 kilometre road, yeah. you could do it every other year. Yeah. Or if you live in Queensland. Yeah. So then what is on the cards for 2024 Grey Nomad three-month vacation, I wonder? Uh, well, we've decided that, because we were away for nearly four months, and we've decided four months was, is too long in the caravan. Too long for your hair. Oh, yeah. Too long in the caravan, you're yeah. just feeling a little bit, and yeah. Yeah. So we think next year we'll probably limit ourselves to a six to maybe eight week jaunt somewhere mm. warm. So maybe back up into WA, into the Pilbara. What about that Bondi thing you're saying? Like, would you do the Bondi Festival? You mean the Byron Bay? Byron Bay Festival, I mean? No, I don't think so, because that, that means going... See, the problem is if you commit to going all the way over to the other side of the continent, you feel obligated to stay there and do stuff. No, you could go to Byron Bay and stay in Byron Bay for two weeks and then drive home. Yeah. Byron yeah. Bay is beautiful and yeah. you would love it there. Yeah. But you, you would. You'd stay longer, because then... We wanted to, on the way home, go to a place called Lawn Hill yeah. in Queensland, but they, like a lot of the north of Australia, had had torrential rain and all their infrastructure had been destroyed, so we couldn't go there. So that's still on the list of wanting to go to at some stage. But you know so what? WA has got the best gorges in Australia. There is no doubt... When were you last at Carrageen? Uh, two years ago. Yeah. I had a friend on the podcast, I'll send it to you, it's pretty funny. Um, and So she's now working at the Tom Price Hospital, right? Mm -hmm. She's a, um, like a nurse. And she said all that they do is basically take patients from the SES of people who have done these gorges and then either slip and fall yeah. or... And so there's no hospital out there, hey? So they have yeah. to send out the SES with a helicopter and a ladder. Someone crawls down out of the sky, collects the person, flies them to her hospital and she fixes them. Yes. I she reckons a couple a week. Yeah. A couple every week. Yeah, that, look, uh, and that doesn't surprise me. I know when we go into places that are remote, like Karajini or the Gibb River Road, where you've got amazing gorges, and you think to yourself, if I slip, yes. if I do anything stupid, I'm going to be waiting, number one, a long time before I get safe. Mm. <laughs> and, and yeah, you just have to be so careful. So for people of our age group, we're- Any age, it's about fitness. She well, reckons- fitness, But also we, we use walking, Oh, oh, I see, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, people, yeah. You slip over. You slip. Oh, it's slippery, isn't it? Yeah. She said, if you're not fit enough to do Jacob's Ladder, because I said to her, like, we should do a fitness test, rather than people going up there and hurting themselves and the trauma and, you know, crappy time, everyone, like, how you get a ranger's ticket to take your car into the park, you should have to do a fitness check. <laughs> and she reckons if you're able to haul your butt up the Jacob's Ladder in Kings Park, mm. then you're at the correct fitness to be able to do the medium sort of trails. 
But she said a lot of the people have never ever done a trail before and then they'll go there and do that one. And she's like, you don't realise how hard it is until you sort of get there. And also you need to carry quite a bit of water with mm. you if it's, you know, depending on how long you're going to be walking for. And water's very heavy. Yeah. You know, you really have to, you know, you have to, you have to have that on your back. You like a camel pack or something. Yeah, yeah. So you've got your water on your back. You need to have some food if you're walking for too long, because otherwise you start to get to the the shakes if you haven't had enough food. Yeah. So you know, you need to be prepared. Where you see a lot of the the Asians, they're hilarious. You see these gorgeous young things and I'm sure that they're all uh, influencers in their own yeah, country by the amount of yeah. click, 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 click and what have you. But they'll be walking a trail wearing high-heeled shoes. It's because they're better than us, Joy. No, no. Like, have you ever seen an Australian in high-heeled shoes at the beach? No. No, but Asian people do it all the time. They do. Like, yeah. <laughs> but they walk on their tippy toes, I feel like, because I physically couldn't do it. I wouldn't be able to actually walk. No, I wouldn't want to wreck my shoes. Anyway, I never sand. forget Rob's stepmom. She's Chinese. And the first time I met her, she we went down the beach and she's in her stilettos. And I was like, just leave your shoes here at the trail. She's like, no, no. And she, off she goes. <laughs> I was like, what an amazing woman. It was funny. But they must be very fit. Yes. And I'm sure they are, because they're very slender and light. So, you know, they're... How do Asian people stay so fit? Because you don't see them at the gym. Like, what do they do? I reckon they walk a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because... Um, Martial arts, maybe. Yeah, but I remember going to Hong Kong, and I realised that shopping was an art form for... Um, the a lot of the Asian population because when the shops are open, they're out there walking. They, they, they're not necessarily buying, but they like shopping. They yeah. like going to look yeah. in shops. Yeah. And There's a lot of Australians like that too. My ex-husband's family were like that. Yeah. They just go to the shops and yeah. I'm like, yeah. what do you need? Yeah. Nothing, we're just going to the shops and I'm like, why? Yeah, well... Like you and I have a, a list and we do Not only do I have a list, now I feel bad at the shops. I'm like, I could have literally been sitting on my ass at home ordering <laughs> this while I was working and looking after the kids and not having to sit in this traffic at a shopping centre. Well, that's right. Yeah, there is all of that as well. Yeah. I want to support small businesses. It's like this internal struggle. You want to support Australian businesses and all of that. But you also just want things to be as easy and streamlined as possible. Like I had to buy a stamp yesterday for my nightclub things. So I could go to Australian supplier and get it, but it's like I could just, I ordered it online. It was $20 that's getting delivered to my door. <laughs> so what do you do? Oh <laughs> dear, yes. But you don't want to support like slave labor or anything. No. Even just, do you ever have to type in your email address and you feel like you're getting angry? Like, why do I have to still do this? Surely I can just look at it and it knows my email address. It fills it all in for well, me. I reckon my my phone and my my iPad play tricks on me because sometimes <laughs> sometimes 
they'll fill it in for me, and sometimes they won't, I know. and I don't know why. It depends who's rostered on that day. They They're already, like, no, we'll make it yeah. type of little tappy fingers. Yeah, no. But I'm like, wow, how much my brain has evolved? As much as people complain about AI and robots, I sure do feel angry now every time I have to type in my name and it's only five <laughs> letters. So obviously my brain has reached the stage where it wants it to be automated and my brain is getting angry at having to type it. Yes. So it's like we can't have both. You either like a computer chip in your brain and you don't have to type in anything or you want to, you know, go to the bank, pull out cash and pay your bills, do everything old school. God, that would be awful, wouldn't it, having to do everything in cash. There's not much cash around anymore. Yeah. We all, at the bash, we had to have cash because... Really? Cash yeah, at the bash? Yeah, because there was no internet. Oh, my God. So well, people would be like very starving. limited. If you, if you wanted to talk or text... You had to walk up to the top of Big Red. <laughs> You're standing up there like the yeah. Lion King holding yeah. Simba yeah. with your phone. Yeah. That's right. And there would, always, there would always be people standing up yeah. on Big Red trying to... It's like trying yeah. to get your fix for heroin, yeah. but we're all racing. I've done that myself and it's almost so embarrassing because... You're standing up there with your phone like a complete maniac trying to get Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, once we were in Shark Bay and the power went out, well, we couldn't do anything. No, can't. Like every single shop in town, some of them couldn't even open the door without electricity, <laughs> or without um, Wi-Fi, right? Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, Brad's put on a different jacket. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so what is the pest control doing? Um, well, because we live in a weatherboard house, mm. we're very paranoid about termites. Well, you should be. Yes, so he just comes um, routinely and does an inspection and then squirts stuff around to make sure that termites don't come and visit. Do you know that my dad used to own a franchise called Scientific Pest Management? Oh, yeah. So my whole childhood, I would try to wag school as much as I could and get to go on the road with dad. Uh -huh. And we would go to like the Browns factory and spray it like Ghostbusters with a camel pack on our back. Like, shh. Yep. <laughs> and so, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh. But we, there's been times where a lady will call and literally the whole house is just about fallen over because she hasn't realised that there's termites until literally like a wall falls over on its side. Yeah. They, yeah. they act so quickly. They do. And even if your house is okay and you're onto it, if the person next to you has termites, it can be, yeah, catastrophic. Mm. Well, evidently there's termites that can live in wood out, outside mm. in the garden. And they reckon that they don't come into your house. I find that hard to believe. Yeah, so anyway. Who said that? I don't know. I remember. think termites behave in a very, very like clear pattern. They just find whatever they can and eat it and yeah. it falls over. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, so we are very, very uh, diligent about our pest control. Have you ever been at a restaurant or at a hotel and you see a giant cockroach running across the floor. 
<laughs> so then they'd call my dad and off we'd go in the car and I'd be so excited, especially the nighttime ones or like the Browns factory because we get free Browns chocolate milk. <laughs> they'd give us like a big cart, like big crates of them. And, you know, there's four of us kids, so, like, a lot of the businesses would be just, like, offloading to dad. And we'd just work our way through it. But we'd go to some of the, like, one in Scarborough, which I won't name, but it's like a rock facade. Like, you know, where it's hollow behind, but it looks like rocks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And someone had reported cockroaches on the deck. We went there, and it was sort of getting dark at night. You look down, and it just looked like black floors. But then when Dad jumped down, it opened up like the gates of heaven. (laughs) And there's just like a million cockroaches all running up his legs. Um, And then other times they call is like people, what they do when they're scam artists, if they want a free room at a hotel, when they leave the hotel, they'll say, oh, we had bed bugs. So if you have bed bugs, you have to refund the person. But mm. this is like a scam that people do. Really? Yeah, and it's quite common, like if you talk, talk to people in hotels. But now mm. what they do is they just pay $50 to get a pest controller out there that's on contract. They just get like this thing, it looks sort of like this. They wave it over the bed, no bed bugs, and the person still has to pay. Mm. And it's just to try to mitigate those scammers. Mm. But sometimes they rock up and they would have beds full of friggin' bed bugs. Because they brought the bed bugs with them, maybe. No, if it's an infestation, they've been there for a while. Oh, okay. Mm. But, yeah, you yeah. know if it's going to be just a scammer because it's a new hotel, you know. Yeah. There's no way that they... Like the Crown Towers, there's no way they've got bed bugs no. when those beds no. were brand new. But no. they'd keep getting calls. But someone had just gambled all their money and couldn't pay the bill. Well, I remember when we... Had first done the extension on this house one of my girlfriends was over and she's a lovely lovely lady and she was very prim and proper and single and mm-hmm. and what have you and we're sitting sitting in the that lounge room area over there and I looked down the hallway and I, I could kind of I can I could see some movement <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, no, they can't possibly be what I think it is. But sure enough, <laughs> coming down the hallway was a sea of those brown, big brown wood cockroaches. No! No! So, oh, my God! Because we had the air conditioner oh on and it was cool and it was hot, obviously, there. And they were coming for the cool. Oh and it was That's like, gross. oh my god! You would have been horrified. <laughs> and of course, you know, my friend's there, and she's really prim and proper. <laughs> she would never have probably even seen a cockroach in her life. Yeah. And it was, I just sort of went, Brad! Oh my god! <laughs> and we got out, you know, all the chemical sprays. But there was hundreds of them. I, I believe hundreds. it because I know what I've seen myself. You, oh. If you see a cockroach run across the deck of a hotel, well, you could bet there's about a thousand yep. little ones underneath where you're sat right now. Yeah. They're just, it's, oh my God. Did you ever watch that movie, 
somebody's apartment. I can't remember what it's called. And it's about a guy where his whole unit gets filled with cockroaches. No, no, I would not watch. It's like that New York it. style yeah. comedy. It's it's like I didn't find it funny at all. No, um, what is the biggest spider that you've ever seen? Oh, Huntsman. Where were you? In my bathroom. Oh my god! I love that. I love bathroom. Ah! You're just like, <laughs> oh my and, god! And, oh, you'll love this. So we we were. This is when we were away. I, I get bitten by everything. Yeah. So, by the time we were out of Darwin, I'd been bitten by mosquitoes, <laughs> um, sand flies, and I was you know I was feeling really pretty itchy and what have you. Anyway, we. We were free camping. This on the way back? Yes, on yeah. the way back. Uh, no, actually, we were free, free camping out of Caratha. That's right. We'd left Caratha, and I'm, I've sort of got all these bites just in varying stages of being itchy and clearing up and what have you. And we camp, free camp at this place that's got this really clean toilet. <laughs> and so I go to this really clean toilet you know they're very individual toilets and I had my bathers on because we'd been swimming <laughs> so I'm on the toilet and because I've Soggy. got my bathers on I take my bathers off what have you and you're completely naked and this wasp really angry wasp <laughs> appears maybe it didn't want to see you naked <laughs> It appears. So, so I'm trying to shoo the wasp. Put, put on oh my goodness. And oh my sort God. of cover myself out before I run out of the toilet. Honestly, I got back to the caravan and I, I just said to Brad, you won't believe this. He said, what's bitten you now? <laughs> well, lucky it didn't bite you. You'd oh, have to go to the hospital. I know. They're awful things, wasps. Wasps is another thing. You start getting those clay things and... I swear, they are straight from, like, the devil. Yeah. They come at you. Mm. It's crazy. All right, well, we just reached one hour. So at one hour, it clocks off. There you go. Oh well, God. thank you, Joy. And do you have any departing words for our listeners today? Um, yes. If you're going to the bash, allow plenty of time. Take lots of water and oh, sunscreen, raincoat, gum boots, <laughs> bathers. <laughs> Just be prepared for everything because you're going to go from wearing a beanie to you're a cobra. Just like that. <laughs> Happens in one day. That's really great advice. Well, thank you for joining us on the pod and thank you to everybody listening at home.